Hey, welcome back to Pitching Hockey. This is Chris and today's co-host, Steve. Hey, how's it going, hockey fans? And you know, so we're just a couple goalies that have taken one too many pucks at the head and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. We mostly cover the NHL, but we'll also discuss other happenings around the hockey world. So be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let us know what you think. Also, be sure to comment and share on any hockey news, highlights, or videos we should cover in an upcoming podcast. So, Steve, to start off today's podcast, this is going to be an NHL-heavy, almost-nothing-else podcast uh, as we are entering the season. And things have happened. Like, there's a new NHL blue line rule. What do you think of it? Uh, that rule should have been put in place years ago. And, you know, I've been, I've actually, you know, I think I said it once on this podcast before, but anybody that knows me talking about the blue line rule, you know, I've, I've made mention of this several times. It's the only one that didn't go on a vertical plane all the way up, right? So your goal yeah. line, it wasn't just the puck, the puck had to cross the line along the ice to go in, right? It, could, yeah. it was a goal, whether it was right along the ice, five feet up in the air, two feet in the air, it was a goal. Icing. It was icing if you shot the puck all the way down the length of the ice and you hit the glass. Again, it was icing, you know, based on the rules, right, if everything else was in compliance, right? So it was – I never understood that. If your skate was above the blue line because you're skating because nobody skates with both sets of, you know, blades on the ice at the exact same moment. You you, you can't do that, right? So – it would drive me nuts that we would be wasting time going, oh, his foot is just above the line. Come on. Because now we're just looking to see, was his skate cross the line or was it on the line, right? Yep. And that's... No, it's and, a lot better rule. I mean, yeah. uh, uh, the NHL put out a public relations uh, Twitter, put out a post about it, I think the 22nd of December. Because I'm like, wait, what are they changing about the blue line? But when they did it, I'm like, oh, finally. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and that's exactly the same thing as me. I was like, there we go. That was that. Sh- that should just been a non-issue. That and again, you know. Why do we still I, have the trapezoid? Yeah, it's time to get rid of that again. Just get rid of it. You know, time time to eliminate that because there's no longer it's no longer dump and chase or anything else that you have to worry about, right? Yeah, it's time time to bail that on out. Or you know, there's not too much trap hockey going on anymore. But this this was one where you know I think probably years in past there was other press, pressing issues for them. But this year, you know, after all the video reviews of games, you know, being lost because, hey, they scored a goal, but, hey, that foot was hovering above the line of skate was off the ice, that it was a disallowed goal. I think it frustrated enough GMs, you know, owners, you know, players and coaches to the point where it was just an easy, 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 you know, decision to make. I just wish they'd done it sooner because how many games were we watching this year? We're like, oh, that's a goal. And then it wasn't yep. the fact that the skate wasn't across the line for the pop was, it was the fact that the skate was above the ice. And that, that just, it's just infuriating, right? Cause it's just so stupid. So it great. And so it was a good decision by the national hockey league there. Yeah. Great change. Great change there guys. Yeah. So, so as, as we were going through this, like me and you on the previous couple previous podcasts ago, we were talking about, you know, we were ranking teams where they were going to finish in each of the divisions, North, the East, the uh, Central, and the West. I was listening back to that podcast after we recorded it. And like I said, I think leading into that podcast, I had done probably f- maybe 90 minutes of ent- research entirely for the whole podcast by ranking these teams and everything and, and coming up with what, okay, this is what I think. But then, you know, me and you talking and I had previously looked at other people's uh, rankings and other people's reviews and listened to a lot of information. But I'm like, no, this is this is what I think. And then 
after that podcast I re-listened to it, and I'm like, maybe it's not what I think. I don't think I know enough about certain teams. To, if everyone's saying Philly is so good or Winnipeg's good or Carolina's good and I don't, why not? What am I missing on these teams? Because honestly, they're not teams I'm going to watch heavily. You and, I, you and I have talked about that even leading to this podcast. There's just certain teams we just, it's a, it's a matchup me and you don't care about. We're not watching it. We don't, there's teams where it's like, if I see them on, I'm like, I'm not going to watch that team. They just, yeah. I have no interest in watching that team. So, you know, I don't, maybe don't know a lot about them. So this week, kind of like on Festivus and, you know, Christmas Eve, leading into Christmas morning, I was sitting there just geeking out. Instead of spending 90 minutes reviewing the entire league, I, I probably averaged about 45 minutes per team to look at each player, look at the, when we're talking offensemen, we're looking at their assists, their goals, their plus minus, defense, their plus minus, um, and then some other factors, and then look at the goaltending, and not just look at save percentage and stuff, but all of this was done in comparison with a gut check. And so I'm like, I kind of more just gut checked. If I didn't recognize the name, I'm like, okay, well, whatever. This guy's probably not any good. And then I went back and discovered the guy scored 22 goals for his team that season. I'm like, okay, maybe I don't know <laughs> enough to priority, you know, rank these teams. So I restructured and spent probably about 20 plus hours now re-ranking my teams and actually grading each team in blocks. So I rank projected lines. I'm not going so in depth that I'm like, oh, I think the Montreal Canadiens are going to start these three as their top three. The lines shift all season long depending on how people are performing. So I just went with by, like went on to Cap Friendly, the, you know, the website that makes us sound smart about hockey, and basically just kind of broke down, you know, the top three offensemen and pay, and then worked my way down. Just kind of regraded teams based off of those numbers so I could get really accurate numbers to really properly judge teams. And then I completely restructured my thing. So I know me and you won't be talking about it on this podcast. And of course, these things will change with every signing, with every trade, with every injury. But I will say my mind really wasn't changed about the Carolina Hurricanes. When it comes to Winnipeg, I would say that eh, it changed a little bit. I, I don't pick them to be at the bottom of the North anymore, but you know they could easily miss the playoffs too. I, but I am now picking them to be the fourth seed in that division. And then when it comes to Philly, I completely changed my mind. I had that team ranked really low, reassessing their structure, the way the team's built. Maybe it's just because I really, really hate Philadelphia <laughs> and I really like my Sabres. But I had a heart check on like real talent, the way teams are built. And right now I have Philly making the playoffs and Buffalo not being so hot. We want to talk about we won't be ranking those teams today or anything. You being a father and stuff, you know, you don't have as much free time as I do to stare blankly into the abyss of the NHL rosters. <laughs> but uh, we do want to talk about some of these activities, some of these trades, some of these signings that have recently happened. Yeah, it's this is again, we, we knew this was going to come down. Right. And this was going to happen because there was still a lot of big names out there. This season, as soon as it got confirmed, we knew they were going to short on up. And, you know, I wasn't even aware of this. It tells you how much I wasn't paying attention. But they've got the taxi squad, which is you're allowed to carry an extra three players in addition to your regular roster. And this all has to do with, of course, if somebody gets sick with COVID, you don't want to be pulling guys up from the minors, right? Depleting their teams, possibly risking infection for them, and then having to quarantine, right? The NHL came up with something that they figured would be reasonable, with these taxi squads, right? So the cap stays the same. You're able to carry more players. So with that in mind, you know, there's more going on. And like I said, the to preemptively talk about this, there's players signing for a hell of a lot less money than you ever figured they would have. 
Okay, so they're hoping that... Okay, so Rasmus Sundin, right? He mm-hmm. came in for some games last year, looked dynamite on the offensive side of things, right? Uh, actual defensively at times, that's why they put him back down. You know, he was going to expose. But that's just his age, right? Give him, yeah. give him enough time. He's going to be a solid, solid defenseman in this league. Uh, Bogosian, not bad. Um, no, Bogosian's pretty... Hold up, where's my rankings? I'm going to jump in there. I'm going to see how I... Toronto. No, I, I really like their defense. Well, the only thing is, okay, and this is coming from, okay, so TJ Brody uh, was the most effective. Here we go. Oh, Giordano? Giordano. Jeez, man. Giordano, I know it. Giordano, every time I can (laughs) picture you on the ice, I can picture you. I just can't spit your name out. But yeah, they're, so Brody was most effective with Giordano, you know, and offensively, they both would contribute. The, the knock that came from Calgary fans, right, was that Giordano, God, not Giordano, but Brody coughed up the puck a little too often, right? You know, the Toronto Maple Leafs, offensively, I think they've got a really good defense. It's defensively that the problems are going to come in. Like Muzzin, great pickup, big physical player. Uh, Riley can really move that puck. You know, still a top one or two pairing, right? Yeah. So we're going to see maybe Brody and a uh, Riley are great together, right? Maybe that's the other answer. So that'll even that on out. Yeah, honestly, when you look at their, for me, their top four in terms of pay, Muzzin, Riley, Brody, and Hole. Those guys are just, I think, those four are just fantastic defensemen. Uh, their statistics are fantastic. Uh, their plays, again, gut checking too. I just think that this is a really top, top four defensive core that's fantastic then you back them up with like a Bogosian and a Lettinen and maybe a Sandine and a Dermot not as fantastic as a top four but dude those are some pretty solid that's a pretty solid defense for me that's just one of the best defensive setups in the National Hockey League at the moment I think really this team is just really well built if they could just get goaltending behind them but not with this uh, you know again no offense on guys who can make the NHL when I can't even make offensively speaking in in the competition for the for goaltending positions in the National Hockey League I just don't think the I just don't think the Toronto Maple Leafs have the net presence to make a cup run or even win a series right now. Well, like they're going to be good this year. They're going to be good. I'm not slamming the the Leafs defense. I'm just put, doing my in comparison too, right? Because the the teams that they're going up against, I honestly think that Calgary has still has a solid defense because this all oh, Canadian division is just throwing this all for a complete world right because normally what would be compared against the jets don't have that bad of a defense either right they're pretty well set so now one other team we got to talk about because they threw this one nice little curveball at us eric holla picked up by the nashville predators it's not enough i like holla but nashville they're one of my guaranteed three outs in the central they're not making the playoffs it's so here's the thing is right they banked on Duchesne right and jumped on into Duchesne sweepstakes Duchesne didn't do much from last year whatsoever Johansson Ryan awesome player Philip Forsberg awesome player those two guys solid Arpison playing some good hockey Granlin's always in the mix right Grimaldi love Rocco Detroit Chicago and Nashville aren't aren't winning in this division they're th- these are just at Nashville nobody's going to be surprised by Detroit or Chicago not doing well Nashville is yeah. going to be surprisingly unremarkable, in my opinion. I just don't 
I don't have faith in this team after looking at their roster. I really downgraded them a bit. I just don't think that unless they find, like, again, unless they find that inaugural Golden Knights feeling, I don't see this team doing anything this year. I just don't feel it in their goaltending. I don't feel it in their offense. Their defense is okay. Their defense isn't bad, but nothing about this else about this team is remarkable. Teams that are guaranteed to make the playoffs in this division is Tampa, Columbus, and Dallas. These three teams are just fantastically built, and it's going to be a tough division for the rest of the teams to try to beat Tampa, Columbus, and Dallas if these teams stay healthy. This is a battle between Florida and Carolina. That's what this division is. Um, I Again, I don't change my opinion too much on Carolina. My point differential on my assessment of these two teams is actually pretty significant. Uh, but, you know, Carolina, I still can't rule them out. Uh, if this team finds that young kid fire that they got um, mm-hmm. and their goaltending duo, which is not impressive to me at all, actually overperforms, well then, you know what? Carolina just might be that fourth seed. But right now I have it as Florida. I think they're a really well-built team. I think Bobrovsky might have just had an off year. If Bobrovsky goes back to Bobrovsky form and they got, I think, Dreider behind him, that's a pretty good combo right there. But again, things could fall apart in Florida, and then Carolina, I think, would take advantage of that. But things have to fall apart in Florida, in my mind, for Carolina to have a shot. Yeah. Um, I think it's just I think it's just a two-way fight. I think you got three guaranteed teams, three guaranteed outs, and then this two-way fight. And that's when we finally what I'm gonna do, because I'm not definitely gonna change my rankings all year long. What I think what I'm gonna do is I am solidifying my where I think things are gonna be on January 13th when the season begins. And I wanna see what it looks like when playoff time comes to see how off or on I was. I'm excited to see if I'm really on point with what I think about these teams. And I, if, if I'm right, then obviously my analysis worked and I'm going to keep using that sort of analysis. If I'm wrong, I'm going to see why I was wrong and maybe reassess my analysis of teams. But I think really Florida is probably an underranked, underestimated team. Nashville's maybe overranked, overestimated. I think, again, Nashville is going to be remarkably unremarkable and Florida's going to be a surprise. But yeah, again, I wouldn't be surprised by Carolina. Yeah, yeah, this is going to be interesting, right? Because the Dallas Stars, you know, for instance, a team that really, if you watch the last year's playoffs, right, it was just physical, 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 puck-moving defense that jumped up on the play. Um, if Hudobin has extreme confidence, then they're going to be, again, they still need the offensive production from their big guys, right, up, yep. up, up you know, up forward. But again, like I said, Kiviranta was huge, so if he comes up big and starts filling the gaps that takes the pressure off your top players right so this is the thing when you're playing the same teams in and out is oh, the, yeah. the stars play such a physical game <laughs> so they're just so physical right like i'm interested to watch them play tampa game in and game out a team like the blue jackets so that they're not normally facing up against regularly is that correct right they're not in the same i don't think they were in the same division were they the blue jackets were in if the stars were in the west weren't they in the well, the Blue Jackets were in the West for a while, but it's been a few years since Columbus shifted over. Yeah, that's I think what Columbus I mean. shifted over when Vegas entered the league. Yeah, they were. I think there was the Metropolitan stuff, right? So yeah. the Blue Jackets and the Stars are going to play the same type of physical game, right? And that's going to be – that's because it's just going to be really interesting. Because it, oh, my yeah. honest opinion is the Tampa Bay, when they won the Cup, I think the physical toll of the way the Dallas Stars played – finally caught up with them, right? They were just, they hit that exhaustion point. 
you couldn't throw those big checks anymore. You know, it was hard getting in and just getting those extra efforts in. That's what's going to be interesting is, is, you know, you're playing the same teams time and time again. So a team like the Stars, you didn't want to face. That's going to be interesting. Tampa, who already knows what they're up against, what the Stars are going to be facing them. You know, this is what the fascinating stuff is. We already know what the dynamic in the West is, right? <laughs> and yeah. then, you know, again, going to the other other divisions, like Boston being thrown in against the Flyers, the the Capitals, oh, yeah. the Islanders, right? And you got a yeah. team like the Sabres that are going to be. I have two of my teams happy. in the same division, and I don't like it. Well, I don't know what they're well, doing. Let's, let's, let, like, we'll finish it off with this, this analysis of this division, right? Because it's this is fascinating, right? It is. So let me look here. I'm going because to pull up. New Jersey's roster, I can't, I don't feel like this is the only team I starred that I can't properly rank. So I'm ranking them dead last for the moment in the National Hockey League until I learn more about their roster. Because. I just don't have confidence in the way their rosters, but I think they have the worst defensive core of the league. Their goaltending isn't anything to write home about, but it's not terrible. It's better than Pittsburgh. It's better than Buffalo's. Well, yeah, I, so here's the thing is, but, and their offense isn't that their well, offense just seems like it's missing some, some pieces. You know, it's a different, different team, right? Jack Hughes is coming into his own. Um, Brat McLeod, uh, Zaka Wood can't comment too much on them defensively. You know my feelings on PK, um, just not a defensively sound defenseman, right? And offensively, he hasn't been putting up the numbers. Again, the PK, if he can learn that half slapper, because my, my other criticism with PK was you knew his slap shot was coming. He had a bullet, right? Right. Um, but you know when it's coming now. So that's the only thing. He's now at the age of 31. So he's getting up there in years. The rest of their team defensively, can't comment too much on it like ryan murray's pretty solid defenseman uh, i looked at like and i looked at the details of this team and i was so underwhelmed this is my opinion that like i said the the worst defensive core in the national hockey league uh i just think that they just need, <clears throat> sorry they need to fix it because i just don't see this defense being able to protect the goaltending duo they got at all i hopefully i'm wrong devils fans but this team was just so underwhelming, defensively speaking. And offensively speaking, I'm just confused. I can't really, like I said, I think they got a pretty solid top line. Honestly, they got a pretty good fourth line, but their second and third lines, fourth line for a fourth line player. So let me compare that and sort of, sort of thing. But their second and third lines aren't terribly impressive either. I just think that, and, and I just think they're missing pieces, man. I just, no, I don't know. I, I, no, that's the thing is you just, you know, they're obviously doing their rebuild, right? So right. So I don't know how to properly rank them. So I have them like 30th or 31st right now, I think. But right now I'm kind of leaving them more towards dead last until I, until I see them build their team up a little bit more over the next two weeks or at least solidify their roster so I can maybe better analyze the team. I don't think that's going to really help them in my eyes make the playoffs. I don't think they can do that much. I don't think this team makes the playoffs but I, I can't guarantee them out right now either because i don't know what pieces they're going to put into place so yeah, yeah it's so that's you know I, I don't really think the they can look adding crawford wasn't the solution you know blackwood did well with the team he was on right he did really well and he showed the ability to act you know actually steal games right so right but here's here's your conundrum okay so boston has Chara not signed yet? I have not seen him sign yet, but even then, I still look at him them without Chara. I mean, not re-signing him, I still think is a tragedy. I think they should, but I still I think, think that's I think they... that's up to him now. 
but I still think they have the best defensive coring with or without Chara, regardless. I, I, I rated the team without Chara, and I still think they have the, the best – I think I have them labeled as the best defensive core, not only in the East, but I think – let me look down here. They're now more one or number two, I think. Yeah, they, I've lived in them as the best, second best defensive core in the National Hockey League. Well, they, they play a great defensive system, right? That's one of their biggest biggest games. They play a good all-around defensive system. They've got one hell of a goaltender tandem. You know, easily argue, arguably top three, top five, depending on your own bias and stuff, right? But I right. actually had them rank number one just because when Rask is on game, Rask is an amazing goalie. Halak has that ability to... Oh, you have Boston ranked as the number one team in the National Hockey League? No, 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 not as the number one goaltending tandem. Well, they're sort of between... It's, so for me... Well, I'm lying to let you know I'm, what I think of Boston. I have them ranked as the second best team in the National Hockey League. I have them ranked as the... Okay, I have them ranked 17th offensively, but I have them ranked second uh, defensively. For me, it's their... So they play a sound defensive hockey, you know, defensive style. Their goaltending tandem... Actually, I had them ranked number two because I had Vegas up above them. But... I have Boston's goaltending ranking four. Their offense is getting up in age. Like, Bergeron still is one of the better, best centermen in the game, right? But... If Bergeron goes down, they're affected. In this shortened season, in the division they're in, you know, it's going to be interesting because the, the keys are to Boston. Like, they do have decent secondary scoring. It's not taking that away from them at all. Right. But it's a lot rides on that very first line. Their second line is pretty solid, too. Like no mistake made here. But when you eliminate a Bergeron from that team, they struggle greatly, right? And yeah, that's... But I don't have, like I said, outside of Boston. I think this is a Boston's the only guarantee, and every other team really has a shot. Now, 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 do you want to, you know, and I have Buffalo as a dark horse. If Buffalo, but, but you see, with, if Marshawn and Pasternak are not back within the first ten games, you still have them an absolute lock. No. Okay, so that's, what so I'm that's saying. why the East is so weird. And then now going back on over, like you've got the Flyers in that mix. You reassessed it and you looked and went, well, shoot, you know, you were off on it. And like, I still have confidence in that team because of how long they've been together. Right. And then this is like, this is what's so fascinating about this is a stealing of games back and forth because Crosby's not easy to play against. Right. He's so tough to play against. So. You know, again, it's going to come down to can Melkin step it on up and then there are other role players, right? And yeah. they're going for blazing all-out speed. That's why they added Kapanen, right, to this, to this uh, you know, offense, right? They they wanted more speed added on there. Defensively, I still don't think they're very good. They're okay. But the Rangers? Yeah, no, they're no, okay. No. Can... no, 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 no. I'm talking now about the Penguins. Oh, okay, um, the Penguins, sorry. Yeah, it's okay. I thought and, something was throwing me off there. I'm like, wait a second. Yeah, I was talking about, you know, their... I their, think their defense is pretty solid. It's it's okay. Like, to me, it's I not... I like it. Yeah, it's... Well, that's, that's been their... One of their Achilles heels was always defense, defense, defense. So CC didn't really fit in that great with Toronto, so they're hoping he does a little bit better over here. So it's not brutal. It's just not... You're taught... Like, they've got the goaltending. It's just their defense. But uh, I think that's a good place to wrap it up, Steve. You're right. You know, I want to give a quick shout out to Weller's Bistro since I mentioned the Penguins right at the end here. I think the owner of Weller's Bistro right here in the, the Layton area of Utah is a Penguins fan. Shout out. That place is fantastic. If you're in Utah, definitely check out Weller's Bistro. The food is amazing. But that said, thank you, everyone, for listening in. This is Chris and Steve. Have a great one, hockey fans. And we'll catch you next time.